All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. What's up, everybody? This is Sugar Steve. For this week's classic episode of Questlove Supreme, we revisit a conversation from March 24th, 2017 with the one and only Gerard Carmichael. He talks about the inspiration for some of his best jokes, North Carolina eateries, and much more. Episode number 33 from the QLS Archives. Enjoy. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Gerard is here. Yeah. And I feel doom. Yeah. Because Questlove's officially yeah. the fourth funniest guy in the room. <laughs> Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. My name is Fonte. Yeah. My voice is ethereal. Yeah. Nigga. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never have cereal. Suprema Roll Call. You Suprema Roll Call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. What's up, Gerard? Yeah. When you're ready to kill us, yeah. Just give us a nod. Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Bill wants to know. Yeah. When am I gonna see? Yeah. The Carmichael's show. Yeah. Season three. Roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. That was for you, like. Suprema, roll call. I'm unpaid bill. Yeah. And this girl I'm with. Yeah. Told me to watch the rod. Yeah. Cause he's the shit. Roll call. Kambucha. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Well, my ear here. Yeah. Gerard is near. Yeah. Will he think I'm funny? Yeah. No. I have so much fear. Roll call. Wait, wait, wait. No. Suprema. Suprema roll call. This is Gerard. Yeah. 
drinking green tea. Yeah. And you call Rick Rubin. Yeah. Ended up with me. Right. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. We all said no. Thank you, Dream Crush. You, you, rushing it. you got to learn. You, you still rushing the bar. Oh, uh, it wasn't about the statement. It was about the sequel. Okay, I got it. No, no, it was the statement. No, 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 no. It was the fact that we all well, collectively like, nope. had a meeting with ourselves in nope. our mind <laughs> we're like, and said, no, nah, we're going to say no. no. One day I'm going to be somebody. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Rubin. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, our next guest has been my favorite hip hop producer for the last. <laughs> five years. His early work with the Beastie Boys yeah. and Run DMC. Yes, before he was alive. Yeah. Oh, oh. you guys got a sofa no. I could lay on, like no. a, <laughs> I want to lay on a sofa and take my shoes off, <laughs> do some yoga. Uh, I, I already have the feeling, ladies and gentlemen, that this might be my favorite episode <laughs> of my short-lived radio show, uh, simply because I'm such a fan of our guest. He was kind enough uh, to come at the drop of a dime. Wait, do dimes still exist in 2017? Oh people, yeah. people actually drop them more than ever now. <laughs> All these super rich people ask those kind of questions. What is that? <laughs> that was a very You're fired. Like, yeah. <laughs> I will say this. I, no. I was poor for a long time and I've never like Oh, let, let me get that dime. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I don't even know if that's. Like... Obviously, you never went to Coinstar. You did like. Oh, uh, I gotta go to Coinstar when we get back to New York. See what so. I'm saying? Real life, guys. Jiggly, 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 jiggly. See, nah, y- y'all ain't trolling me because we all know what's happening next. <laughs> yes. I like dimes. Believe me. I yeah, we know. Yeah. Bags of them. Bags and bags. Now, of they don't them, make those bags no more. They don't make dime bags no more? Oh, honey, no. You got to start at 20 and keep going. Oh. I meant actual dimes. Oh. You know what's crazy? It worked. I thought you were talking about girls. Like You're like, I like dimes. Like, yeah, bags same, them. And same I was like, here. yeah. <laughs> oh. no, they're the smallest <laughs> coin. You're right. This is the greatest episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. I didn't even get my introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my favorite. Gerard Carmichael. Oh. Yes, sir. Oh, you guys, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I got at- two Carolina boys in here today, guys. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yo. Mm. I, your accent. All right. I also <laughs> want to thank uh, Will I Am for being very gracious uh, for letting us use his his facilities to record the show. Shout out the wheel out. Bathroom. Uh, but yeah, the amazing. bathroom. Can we talk about the bathroom? Can we? Yeah. Are we allowed to? I haven't been to the bathroom. Oh. I, yeah. I, I've yeah. come here once or twice before. I haven't used the bathroom. I can't believe I missed that on Don't this Don't leave without using that. It's using like the bathroom. from the future. It's life goals. It is. Ooh. Yeah. And what's amazing, what I didn't know is that when you're finished, yeah. um, the toilet, the light comes on in the toilet, like a, a glowing light comes from the bowl. <laughs> Yeah, it does. <laughs> and it self cleans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the air sucks out the 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 funk. The funk. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's a glowing light. If you don't have to shit, figure out a way to shit before <laughs> to you like. I mean, you don't have to shit to Stay sit away on the toilet. From the but light, that, that, I think that's I think that's cool if you're like under seventy and. <laughs> It, like because like over a certain age like all your shits become like like a study in in your in how you're doing it. I, think, I feel like all our grandparents have to look and make sure and just seeing a light they will think it's God calling them home. <laughs> I mean I was scared because I didn't know that light was coming, but you know it's 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 amazing to see that. Yeah. The seat cleans itself too. And not to mention it the 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 air thing is so oh, necessary yeah. because. 
I don't know about it's you like guys. It's like a courtesy flush. But like, if you've like, ever been in a situation where, like, usually if I'm in a hotel room or home, you know, like, if I'm in a hotel room, I'm instantly uh, trying to make friends with the security guard so that uh, I can hit the gym real quick. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I never go in my room because I, you know, that that might be a deal breaker with her. Oh, like, yeah, I got you. I'm yeah, following the yeah, code. Really? Okay. Yeah, and the noise and all that stuff. Like it comes with its own white noise. I turn thing. on the water. You don't turn on the water. I'm a turn everything. Water yeah, too. Yeah. Turn on the water. This is the best episode. You're in, you're in <laughs> California, though. You can't be wasting water like that. Ooh, I'm sorry. A lot of rain. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, we had a lot I will of rain. bring a blender in radio. <laughs> Me too. I feel okay. you, Amir. I'm not no, I'll, I'll take a radio in the bathroom. I too. need noise, man. <laughs> no plops. Yeah, noise. So welcome, Gerard. <laughs> how, how are you today, man? I believe this is how uh, most episodes of Meet the Press also. <laughs> so what, what were you doing today before I called and interrupted your uh, uh, cycle? I canceled a couple things. You know, for me, wow. yeah, of course. Oh, of man. course, you know, when, when you get the text from you, you go, you show up. What'd you cancel? I'd say that I also I missed the, I missed the picnic. I thought it was this perfect. Wait, thing. was this <laughs> was this my guilt card? No, let me picnic? tell you, it wasn't. I was here's the thing. I was genuinely excited to do it. The second thought was. Oh yeah, and I missed the picnic. This is great. This is a great thing where I get <laughs> no, to. I'm still going to see you. Get you for the next picnic, though. Oh, I'm excited for it. I, I, but this was such a. I, I just like missed out on some editing. I work on Sunday. It works. You're. What are you editing right now? Uh the TV show I'm working. Uh, uh we're about wrap for the season, so like we're just <laughs> editing. Yeah, so we're just doing that, and um, uh, and then that's it. I'll do some stand up probably tonight. So officially, season three is a go. Season three is ago, May thirty first. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah, because they added this all season's, the, the seasons one and two. They're on Netflix. They're now. on Netflix now. Yeah, this season I'm I'm like really excited. You ever like like work on something and you're like, all right, I know I said I was excited for the other shit, but I no, I mean it this time. <laughs> like this time I'm really this uh, season this is your like sophomore a, album. Your your yeah, I'm like really because it's like crazy tackling some. The shit. first episode we taped, uh, my grandmother uh, commits suicide. She kills herself on camera. It's going to be a fun Wait, scene. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. She takes the pills and dies on camera. It's a crazy wow. thing that happens. I'm with I, it's, I'm spoiling <laughs> it. <laughs> Wait. That's how excited I am by it. Like, it, Marla Gibbs plays my grandma and oh, she... Oh, and, shit. Yeah, and oh. like, and it's a, it's, that was the first episode we taped. It was, I'm excited. So, yeah. do you this just sit there and figure out, like, what taboo subjects can we cover and <laughs> just... Revel in it. And any any conversation I have or any like subject that comes up that wakes me up, you know, like you the things that you talk about throughout the day that actually wake you up that you like the conversations you're engaged in. That's the ones that we try and make episodes out of because it's it's like boring otherwise, you know. But like an assisted suicide was a thing we were talking about, and it was like, oh well, this yeah, this will be a fun episode to do. <laughs> Is is she playing uh, Loretta Devine's mother or David Allen Grey's mom? Yeah. mom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So she did a brief uh, appearance in uh, our first season. Uh, it's a blur. I think our second. I don't. It was all one. The first one was six episodes. It's all a blur to me. But, um, and now she's back. And How did and you talk her uh, into this? She's gone. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was, with she's it. Gonna have she a was so role. excited. She was excited. I mean, I think people get excited if the material is like, you know, it can spark some type of conversation or is edgy or like, you know, exciting to do. So she was all for it. What is the the writer's room like for y'all show? Like who's all in it? 
What does that look like? It's a lot of uh, arguing and yelling at each other and having fun and disagreeing and jokes. It's it's a fun environment. We um uh I'll bring a lot of concepts like before the season starts and we'll just try and break stories around them and okay. and find perspective and uh and argue a lot. I, it's really well, fun. I was going to say, how deep are the arguments? One one time I spent. I I went on a set of a comedy show mm-hmm. uh, to watch a taping, mm-hmm. and during the breaks, the showrunner, it it was something out of like a new edition dance step. Like the second they said, and cut suddenly, the showrunner ran to the spotlight, and then his fifteen writers like surrounded him in a circle. Yeah, it was like Harlem Globetrotters. All right, what you got? Yeah, yeah. no, 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 that sucks. No, nope, that sucks. No, that sucks. No, that's and. I was looking after I saw the rhythm of it. The third time go round, I was watching the ones that got dismissed. Nope, not funny, not funny. Yeah, and each time around, like their body language just became like more just deflated, uh, just <laughs> defeated. How do yeah. you how do you encourage the best out of your writers? Because I feel like the the writing on the show and the acting is top notch. Which obviously, I could tell that oh, everyone loves their jobs and they're excited yeah. and all that stuff. How do you get the best out of your writers without deflating them? Um, I, I think it's like, if you're being honest with me, I think that's your best. Uh, always look for truth first. So, like, the thing that I care about the most is that they are bringing honest perspective to something. A joke is just, uh, you know, this tension you create that you just let the air out. So. So sometimes people will yell something that's not really even a joke. They they're really angry, and it works. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I guess I'm saying using all the mo- you want to keep morale high and you want people to feel like their voice is being heard. But the most important thing that you can bring is truth, and that that comes in any shade of emotion. So we just try and make everybody feel included. You know, and 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 we hear, but it's also a tough thing. You know, certain thing you have to go with. Do your gut says. You, do you trust yourself to have the final say, though? Yeah. That's so dangerous. Yeah, but it's fun. It's because anything good comes from a specific vision. Everything needs to, like, so it always has to be through a filter of some sort. You know, things are a collaborative process, but it has to be uh, something that, you know, usually one or two people kind of agree on that has to be the the guard for the entire process. And so the, a lot of things, I, I do trust it because I just trust like gut instinct. It's like, no, I feel this. And even if it's not the funniest joke, I feel like it fits. It's kind of like, you know, jazz, if you will, where it's just, it's kind of off this feeling as it fits into a structure. And so I just trust that more than anything. Wow. So Loretta, by the way, yeah, I, I think of all the projects that I've seen her do. This is like one of the. My, I feel like I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but I, I feel like it should actually garner like Emmy attention. Like how she's she is incredible. It's so relatable to me. Like, she is she incredible. Is all my aunts, oh, right, and, right, yeah. aunts, <laughs> grandma, whole nine. This is Loretta Devine. If anybody Loretta hasn't watched the show yet, yeah, yeah, she is. I said her name. No, uh, yeah. Earlier. I said it earlier while you were on your computer. Fight, fight. <laughs> She's like I, I, I'm so incredible. I was just talking about like I'm really lucky to have the the cast that I have. It, it really it gives me chills thinking about like how great everyone is. Like everyone's so naturally funny and gifted, and I mean they make it easy, really, because you just 
like you know writing stuff a lot of times i just do impressions of them Mm-hmm. And like I try and do my best Loretta Divine voice and my David Allen Greer, my Lil Rel, and 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 they make it easy because you can see them. They're such full people and full characters. Well, now that uh, Lil Rel and Tiff will probably have, I mean, Lil Rel is already having a a, a great yeah get year out this for yeah, it. Him, get and out. I'm certain that Tiff will have uh, Tiffany Haddish will have an equally uh, awesome summer once uh, her movie yeah, Girl Trip comes yeah, out comes in out. So, June or July I yeah so are there those characters going to be more fleshed out and developed yeah we get into uh, you know a lot of the backstory or, or things that they're going through uh, in their lives uh, this season uh, because everyone's so comfortable in the character and they even let us borrow things from their lives or mm. or you know, to use uh, for the show. So definitely we go deeper with, with everybody. Cool. cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited about it. I know it sounds like the bullshit that everybody says about a thing <laughs> with their name. <laughs> I, really I, think, I think you're genuinely excited because most comedians I know are off camera. They're very cynical and like you seem unusually and genuinely happy. Yeah. I'm like your bills are paid. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, this is gonna. Why? Well, if I hear the bills are paid, then all of a sudden, uh, still fly by big time and starts pointing my head. is our turn, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I wanted to talk to you about the casting uh, for the show and how long that took because, particularly with David Allen Greer, like he was a guy that was normally known for kind of playing the uptight kind of preppy guy yeah but he's total one on this yeah. show and it's yeah. killing it um what was that like how involved were you in the casting of the show um very i mean it was all chemistry and, and just having him walk in and loretta walk in you're immediately like i can't believe they're even here <laughs> you know i'm just so excited they're here and then uh it was an immediate yeah it was like david loretta it was an immediate yes um, I mean, they were just great and they brought the material to life and they made you want to write more. David is good. David plays his character, I think, really well because, I mean, that's David at his core. David is just a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's going to code with us when the camera's on. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, here's the thing. David is just... First of all, one of the most like, articulate, well, like yeah, well-read, yeah. Yale drama school, like just as a person, like so cultured. It, but David, at his core, this is—I mean, this is he David himself. Yeah, this is so <laughs> David. <laughs> you don't even mind me saying that. I'm like David is a nigga, man. I love it. <laughs> you got to cover your ears now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me about because you're from you're from Winston Salem. Yes. And yeah. so I, I grew up in Greensboro. That's my hometown. Right. 336. Right. 336. And my but my family is actually in Winston too. So uh Oh really? Yeah, my, my family, my grandmother's this is my great aunt. She lived in oh my gosh, she lived around the corner from Carver. Carver oh, High wow. School. So I can't remember oh, the name man. of the neighborhood, I'm totally butchering it. But, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm I'm blanking too. Yeah, but she lived, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was it was very Winston. Um a lot of times in your comedy, you talk about, you know, your beginnings and like how, you know, coming up poor and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. 
Tell me about that, because we've it was never, the worst spontaneous. No. It was the best of time, worst time. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you about it. it was it was horrible. No, it was fun. It was a good environment. It was a it was a, a good environment in the sense that it was filled with you know these care. It was interesting. What did your folks do? Uh, my dad, a uh, truck driver. My mom was a uh, a secretary at uh, Brenner's Children's Hospital. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, my yeah. aunt, she worked at Baptist. Everybody worked. Everybody worked. My at Baptist. Baptist. Everybody. And yeah. My grandfather, he used to work at Reynolds. I thought you were going to say you were born there. No, no, no. I wasn't born there. Okay, okay. I, I, was, I was born there. But yeah, my grandfather. No, he but yeah, everybody you know, and and it it's this community that's you know it's it's small, but not yeah. I realize I didn't realize it's a decent sized city once the Salem is and Greensboro are decent sized cities, and it's like I I'm, as I learn you know the more I meet people, such a a similar experience to anybody who grew up in any hood, <laughs> you know, like it's like so many of the same elements there. It's uh. Um, you know, just a lot of people working class, trying a lot of single mom homes, uh, people that wanted new Jordans. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> every Jordan has a story. It's how, yeah, 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 it's how it's how Nike ads should look. <laughs> I always see people like running up a mountain, and I'm just like, nah. The core of that is like, <laughs> not just do it. Yeah, just, yeah. just fuck it. Just, yeah, yeah. Just, Outside just of a, just, a liquor store. <laughs> so, were you always the funny kid? Um, it started in like eighth grade. I was. I I, I used uh, uh, humor to not do homework. <laughs> you know that type of thing, but but sort of around then I was I was always like writing and creating stuff and writing plays and and filming things. And from just writing, you know, your like your creative writing and stuff like that. How did you take that to the stage? Like, when was you? When did you actually start doing stand up? I started doing stand up here in LA. I I didn't start like I didn't want to start in North Carolina. Uh, well, but because well, why? <laughs> well, for me, I'm. Uh, I'm really competitive, and I wanted to be around people that truly dedicated the their life to it. Yeah, well, the, you, the best and people that were like serious about it. Do. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. all that they do. And and a lot of times in cities outside of LA and New York, with stand up, people are doing it, but it's kind of a thing that people do, and it's too easy, too easily a hobby. Even if people's part and passion was into it, like just having the time to do it, like it was kind of this hobby. And I wanted to move in to where people were just, you know, ruthlessly <laughs> ambitious and trying to do it. And like that's an energy that I feel more comfortable around. So you didn't want to be the, the big shark in a small pine for a little bit in North Carolina? No, no, because that hurts people. That that gives you this false sense of of. You know, com yeah, especially the way kind well, if it were if it were music, would I you think say that for print? I was going to say for no, Prince. no, but music is different because music is such a it's an immediate thing. I, I if I created stand up like my friend Bo Burnham did this, like he got famous doing stand up from his home because it was a thing that you record and you release. He did videos. He was like YouTube and like mm -hmm. use the Internet for that. And music kind of. It, it, Prince can be at Paisley Park. If you're in New York, you it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. You. It's not right. like you your first your first experience with Prince for most people isn't a live performance, right. you know, like this this live show. It's a a skill that he developed, but if it is just travels differently. Stand up comedy, a lot of times people discover you in a club, especially earlier on before anyone's trying to record anything that you do. You're you're in a club and you and that's where you hone your skills. So it made more sense 
to be around people who are who are doing it like that. Music. If I were a musician, then I may have. I I would. I mean, obviously, right. You know, from North Carolina. You know, looking at what Little Brother did. Look what Prince did from mm-hmm. where he's from. Uh, but stand up just travels a little bit differently. With that said, there are people who have been in their hometown and and gotten their material out. But I I just think it's such a competitive thing initially that you you just got to be around it. So why not New York instead of LA? Um because I was two things. I had an interest in film and television um from the beginning. It's a thing that I wanted to learn and be around and and I was excited to jump into that. Also, I have like an aunt who lives in New York and I have friends that were in New York and I had a place to stay and no I, security blanket. You didn't yeah, want, I no. didn't want a security blanket. Just LA. I'd never really? been here and I didn't know anyone. So how did you afford that then? How do you afford Saved a little to... bit for working at a shoe store? <laughs> uh, <laughs> worked at finish line, you know. You know. Oh, you were out here you were at the finish line. No, no, back, back I, the yeah, some by the grace of God I have I didn't have a regular job in LA. I I moved in uh, tried to have an apartment for a little bit, slept on couches after that. You know, the the typical artist grind of, like, just trying to figure it out. And then... You were at the finish line in the mall in Haines? In Haines Mall. <laughs> I was there for years. I was there, and then I graduated high school, and that really highlights how uncool it was to be there. Like, I wasn't going to college, and I was just there. And people would come home for, like, break and be like, nigga, you still, you still here? Yeah. <laughs> I was that guy. I was well, that wait, guy briefly. So this like, is possible because just for the people who are listening who are like, you know, one day I want to move to L.A. and do big things, like, you can save a couple of finish line checks. You know, <laughs> truthfully, truthfully, when I moved to L.A., what year I was, was working, what year, what year? Uh, 2008, I was working there. This all happened in a matter of, like, two months. I, I was thinking about, like, what I want to do with my life. A friend of mine took me to a comedy club. I'd only been to one comedy club before in my life. It was at the Cellar in New York. My mm-hmm. family visited. I saw Dave Attell perform. That was the first time. My second time at a comedy club was uh, in 2008. A friend took me. Um, I wanted to do it. Somebody came in the finish line. Uh, it was this guy. He said he was an, I, making small talk. I asked what he did. He said he was an actor. Uh, who uh, lived in um, in L.A. I was like, man, that sounds cool. I want to move there. He was like, just move. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And he told me, like, uh, go to uh, Craigslist or Westside Rentals, find a place and move. I uh, And then I did. I remember, like, printing the right. receipt paper, r- wrote those things down, and I was here in August. And that, and that was... You landed here at then decided to and then and yeah well i had i found a place on craigslist they didn't have photo i had a place i was going to it was like a one-bedroom apartment three other people were in there i slept on a love seat (laughs) you know like and (laughs) and and i was happy (laughs) yeah i was really happy and then i just started comedy as soon as i got here and Mm, how long was that life uh i mean a few years for me for me things happen kind of quickly it you know when you look at a lot of comedian stories like you know some some guys 10 years of 15 years of trying to figure it out but for me um after about a year I uh, you know it, it kind of clicked for me and then by 2 years in I was kind of on a you know under the uh uh had the attention of industry or whatever whatever stuff leads to none of it matters but it does <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't but it does i hate it and i love it it's be the name of the memoir i hate it but i love it all right y'all 
You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What spots were you working out of when you first came to L.A.? Uh, Improv, Laugh Factory, all the clubs, a lot of back rooms bars surprise shows people that thought they would come and watch a game <laughs> <laughs> so who's the first person i mean you i almost imagine that it's almost like entering comedies could be the equivalent of uh like your first day in jail like who's the yeah. fir- who's the first person that you kind of had to be friends to sort of get the rules and my hey. friend still my best friend to this day jamar neighbors yo we're going to talk about him in a second. Love him. First first person, uh, the only piece of advice I've taken was from him. The only... So he was established first? He had been... He's from L.A. Okay. okay. And so he was familiar with it, and he was still coming up and, and still, you know, uh, figuring it out. But I did my first open mic at the comedy store, and I got off stage, and he was like, he's like, hey, man, you're funny. You just slow down a little bit. And then, you? Yeah, he said that. But you, you were loquacious at one point. Yeah, I was going to say. First cause... set, man. First set it was just like a, it was like Twister doing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no one bases like you. I was going to say like your, your level of silence and pacing is is really on the last special. Like yeah, that shit was yeah. that was ballsy oh, as fuck. Man. <laughs> like nah, for real. Like that shit was yeah, it was dope. Oh man, thank you. So you. You don't feel a certain way, like if you happen, if you say a punchline and it might go over audience member head or whatever, you'll just no, nah, it'll connect. You'll let it stew. Yeah, 
there's somebody like you you thought it for a reason and you you craft it and say it a certain way for a reason and it's like especially if i'm taping you know like taping a special it's not just even about the room it's it's going into people's homes and it's like it, i you record it for that experience you know and that's what i make specials for and uh but on stage you know if any live show if a thing goes over there's something for you and that was sometimes i'll write something or think something that i know like in a room full of 100 people 10 are gonna connect with this and i'm completely cool and with you're that. fine with that yeah because for that 10 it's really gonna connect. it means something and mm. as a whole it'll be you know it'll be something i ideally i'd say that i'm sure a couple of people have left <laughs> not that happy <laughs> but but uh but there'll be something for everybody you know that's the goal but you know, some things aren't for everybody. The first uh, show, the one you did, the live at the store, how did that come about? And well, first, how long did it take for you to write that material? And uh, how did Spike Lee get involved? I, um, I, that was kind of material that I, uh, that was 2014, I think, when we taped that. Uh, it was just stuff over the years that I kind of picked up on. And a lot of, I say over the years, there were some things from over the years, and then a lot of it was just new. The The goal for that was to treat it as if it was just you coming to the comedy store on a Saturday night and just me kind of doing some old material, trying out new stuff, and just for it to be organic and natural. The voice that introduced me is this guy, Argus Hamilton, who always has 915 spot at the store, and he would bring me up. Wow. And so that's why I had him bring me up. Jamar did a set. You know, it was a very, yeah, it was like a very, like, I wanted it to feel that vibe. Got spiked because I wanted it to feel like a documentary. Okay. I don't usually like comedy specials, if I'm being honest. And so I wanted it to feel like Explosions a, and your name in the background. Yeah, <laughs> it's just all this. Jason. from backstage. Yeah, all this unnecessary <laughs> pomp and circumstance. <laughs> cut, cut, to, cut to six years later from now, his comedy special going ahead. No, but, but, but your... But your it has to fit you. I think the reason I don't like it is because things aren't necessarily personal. Like, like, like Chris Rock is a guy who the CR behind his head makes it fits with the vibe. That's how his comedy looks and sounds. Comedians, like, not everybody's going to fit that vibe. Like, comedians have this tendency to go away from their own lane and try and fit into what they think comedy is and 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 so that's why specials start looking alike and sounding alike and and people's material starts running in together because everyone tries to fit comedy instead of bringing comedy to them so with the love at the store was just important to have it personal it was just a personal documentary i go to my notebook i try out new shit i about to say so that last bit where you like the Illuminati garbage man. Yeah. <laughs> like that was it's a real, a, that was really you just trying that out. I'd right done there. that before. I'd done that before, but it it was, it was relatively new. I think like newish in the set, but it's like, I, I'd done that before. It's, and it's really written in that notebook <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, cause I just wanted it to feel that way. Um, but I, uh, I called Spike. I was, uh, sometimes when I like, I was trying to think of directors. Sometimes I like to think, uh, I would put on, um, there's a song from She's Gotta Have It. Uh, the Nola? Nola with vocals. There's girl, no, yeah, there's a girl that I once knew. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was I was like playing that in my living room, and I was like, "Oh, Spike!" <laughs> <laughs> there she goes yeah, on, on a merry way. <laughs> yeah, I was playing that, and then so I North Carolina nerd, you <laughs> <laughs> love Nola with vocals is yeah, such it's a Ronnie good... Dyson is singing on that one. That's him. Yeah, damn, damn. you damn. went deep with Ronnie. <laughs> You the king. That mean, you you, the, ref, you <laughs> the reference king. Did you guess it? So, okay, should your popularity ramp up uh, a hundredfold mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, you land three or four big movies or whatever? All right, say if you get Murphyized. Yeah. Would you think that your level of comedy could translate to uh stadiums and because you're such an intimate performer yeah. that you know is that even a dream like hey i like to sell out the forum or you know the only way i would do it is if i two things if i felt like the material somehow warranted that type of venue you know, at that point, you always want to stay open as an artist. Like, I don't know exactly how change evolved. Uh, uh, so staying open to that. Or if I found a way to bring the performance or some type of show to that arena where I could truly fill it, not just for the sake of seats. Because comedy, over anything over like three or 4,000 people, really, even the just sound the way a laugh travels it, it's like it's not everyone doing something in unison it's it's uh, it has to travel and chris said that same thing chris when i we chris he played uh deepak a couple months ago yeah and he i was talking to his stage guy and he said he said the exact same thing he said you know you may do a joke and like the person in the back may laugh first and then it takes time yeah the timing is way different because you actually have to give it time to travel yeah for, for, you have everybody. to in any time i mean i've done you know, theaters of 4,000 See, it just doesn't, the rhythm, you have to find a rhythm for that, you know. And so if if I did it consistently and got used to it and found a way to bring a show to that, then yeah. But not just for the sake of filling seats. I mean, I care about the the show first. So as a comedian, how do you feel about, I know uh, one subject that I often hear, especially at The Tonight Show when comedians come on is uh the idea of like politically correct comedy mm-hmm. and how we're in kind of a new place right now where twitter has ruined everything well that, <laughs> i mean we're, we're just in a more politically correct more sensitive place right now like in other words yeah. uh i've i've seen many a think piece on Chappelle's, dave on yeah. dave's Netflix specials yeah. that didn't hit home with a lot of people because of the way that times are now. Like even if you watch Eddie Murphy's Raw, yeah, Dude, which or Delirious is like the first or 10 Delirious of that, Raw. right? Like, <laughs> exactly, it's like that couldn't fly now. Yeah, in 2017, how? But I know you especially. With Jamar, have you heard America's Nigga? Yes, I have. <laughs> All right, so uh, Brennan, Neil Brennan hit me up like one in the morning mm-hmm. and was like, yo, I need you to go to this website and download this record and listen. And if you know Neil the way that I know Neil, like 
there's Neil and Chris yeah. Rock are probably like the two uh, figures in my life that are a constant. Maybe Fonte and Bill as well, like that are not easily impressed. Yeah, like, you have to actually be good for them to. Yeah, you know. and yeah, Chris is <laughs> Chris is hard to please. Neil's even harder to please. Oh, Neil, you know? I don't bring something to Neil unless I'm like. I, I you want to be good, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, but the thing is, when they say it's cool, then you're like, oh shit, oh, this wow. is really gonna work. It means more than your father's approval, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you now, like, yeah, like they're now like my new dads, like yeah, it means more. <laughs> right, I always go to them just to you know. Chris it, called me after the special, and it, that meant more. I like told every, I was like, Chris called. Wow. Like, oh, that means something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so goes after the new one. Yeah, after the new one. Yeah, yeah. He called me. That was totally like, means something. Yeah. Yeah. So when Neil told me, yo, listen to this record, then I was like, oh, God, you, you haven't done this in like six years. And six years ago, it was like a, a rap record that I forget about. Yeah. And I heard it. I think that's the first time whenever like critics ask me like, oh, what was your favorite record? That's the first time a comedy record was ever really? my number one record. But oh, it was man. so God damn uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> but Jamar is just unapologetically himself. It, it, I, the most confident person I've, I've ever met. The most like pure, you know, comp- on stage, fearless and excited and doesn't give a fuck about anyone's like anything of uh, their opinion, their whatever. It's just him. It's him. Unapologetically him. Well, yeah. So where do you, as far as where the times are leaning. Like, I know that comedy is supposed to be pain plus... What's the formula? It's supposed to be, like, pain and reality. It's tragedy plus time. Yeah, tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how do you... Do you still come from the school of, okay, I'm going to take the most taboo thing I can find and make it funny? No. That's that's genuinely never my thought. I never think about whether or not a thing is taboo or off. it really is. If it excites me, if it's something that I have a perspective on, I don't say anything unless I. It comes from an honest place, a such an honest place that I'll either defend it, like I'll defend it after it's been released. But I'm really defending it in the joke. The joke is the defense of this thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's a like self defense. Yeah, it's a self represented concept that I, that you give, and it's like I've yeah, I said all this stuff. I said a lot of times I'll preface something with like I know this is wrong, and you'll disagree with it. But here's an honest thought. I think a, a good example of that uh, in eight, the joke you, the bit you do about not having a kid is better than having a kid. Yeah, dog. So yeah, like, it's just man, yeah, not having kids like way that better. That shit is so uh, expand. <laughs> <laughs> yo, it, when he was like, yo, watch it, a woman you don't trust swallow a Plan B pill. It's just like yes, dog. Yo, I've never done. I've never done Molly. I, I haven't experimented with LSD or anything. But if it compares to that feeling, <laughs> I get it. It makes me understand heroin. I'm like, oh, that. Oh, oh, completely free and uninhibited, and like the world is yours. Oh, is that what heroin is? <laughs> oh, oh, then well, then yeah, do that. <laughs> Light this spoon up, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the the defense is there. I'm I my obligation is to me and to be honest and to give you honest thoughts. I don't consider it at all. I don't consider it like you know 
oh, well, people aren't going to hate because people are going to hate this because I'm not saying hateful things. It all comes from such a real place, you know, that that I'm I, I'm either defending the joke or I'll, if you don't understand, I'll defend where I'm coming from. It's not defending whether or not a thing is right or wrong. You know, that's not what art is. Art isn't about, you know, hey, this is a right point. You know, let me create something around it. It's feeling and you. I'm articulating a feeling to you and and I'm saying this is how I feel about a thing. I'm not trying to convince you otherwise. I'm saying this is how I feel. What made you decide, especially in 2016, to have a Uh multi-camera format? Mm -hmm. Because that is going to America. I like the idea of like... This is going to America. Like, this show goes out... All in the family. Yeah, this goes out to like... Just like the homes that like us in the bubbles of L.A. and New York a lot of times don't consider, you know, like my family's home, like content is content that's usually made for them. That's targeted for them, like a multicam or something like that usually dumbs down to such a degree that it's not it doesn't feel fulfilling, you know. And so to me, this was the fun. The fun is like and the challenge is to try and bring something that hopefully has real thought and real perspective in it to uh, you know uh, an outlet that's targeted to america you know because i mean there's a version of this that could exist on premium cable yeah, like that, Louis, yeah, so yeah, been, yeah, yeah yeah but i was like i didn't, I didn't make uh, this isn't do you think fu- you could do that though uh i mean i think it would be fun to do i think it would be fun to try because you then you get to just be you know more personal you can stay in the pocket of something you can it's like those jokes that i was saying that is going to go over a lot of people's head you're you're making such specific art that you can kind of as long as it's personal and it's you a lot of times those are the better shows so it'd be fun to try and do that uh but for this this swing it just felt like a fun thing yeah to i just think try the multi-camera a, multi-cam. aspect for your show i think it makes it a little more subversive too because if it was something that was like on FX or if it was like, you know, a Sonny or if it was a, you know, Louie or something that was shot in like, this is serious art. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it was shot in that way, then, you know, it, it kind of is, you're kind of leading a little bit. But when something has the facade of, oh, this is a multi-camera family show, but yeah. your grandmother kills herself. The, you yeah, know what I mean, the, like well, that, the, the that tru- juxtaposition makes it the a little tru- more risky. The tr- that's what makes it so fun. The the most fun thing to do is, you have, you have to imagine, I write like a lot of these cold openings, imagining whatever we're following. And like, we follow like <laughs> little big shots, for instance. So there's just a, a, a reality competition <laughs> with children just trying to make it. <laughs> really, the the true drama for Little Big Shots is the parents, but we don't get into that. But right. like, they're just children. Yeah, <laughs> the hanging all their dreams is, on the yeah, kids. Yeah, 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 just putting the weight of their failures on top of this kid who can juggle shoulders. But anyway, that's what the kid's really juggling is father's hopes. But, uh, <laughs> but... But you got this happy show. Uh, Steve Harvey's riffing with families, and like, a, and a kid's made it to the final round, and he's crying, and his grandma's crying. And then you cut to like just our show is just like, you know, like, like you know, I broke a condom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the next line, the next words they hear are that, and you don't understand how fun that is. Yeah, yo, I love. Oh, it's I love the it. most fun. Has Comcast ever, or your higher ups at Comcast, ever said? Uh, we can't do that. They've had 
caution they've actually let us get away with a lot of stuff the the guys at comcast that that i've encountered actually really like the show okay i i really think i mean i'm not i know it's easy to say i don't want to sound like if you watch the the show next to most any like multi-camera especially or any like broadcast like comedy uh, what we try and do is the opposite which is like usually it's like turn your brain off it's a really happy world where everything's like shiny and people speak in like kind of unrealistic joke patterns and like even (laughs) the lighting and everything about it and the subject matter is usually even the when anytime someone uses the word tackle that means that they're not going to tackle it that means that Uh, it's going to be like like they tackle you know it's going to be some left-leaning we're all united you know type of ending i i try and do the opposite of that i was just trying to look for whatever the the real thing is i thought you did well on the trump episode with your dad with uh uh, David. Oh told, yeah, yeah. He voted. Yeah, yeah he voted for Trump. He, like, I thought he was gonna win. I felt like Trump was gonna win. You felt that, man. That's. I named the episode. We taped it in April, and I named it President Trump because I was like, oh, he's gonna win. Like, it was like there. There's no way he doesn't win. Like, I really believed it, and that's what. Like, I was gambling on that, and so I, just seeing everyone go like, you know, Trump is bad, or not take him seriously, mm-hmm. just see boring, <laughs> and and not real to what. What what because I I think I know where it comes from, but what made you see that he was gonna win? Because we're infatuated with him. It was like I very few things have seen in my lifetime get this type of mass infatuation. Like one is like it's like the OJ trial, the Macarena. (laughs) God damn Donald Trump <laughs> you know what I mean like essentially those things you know like like it was it, it's mass infatuate we couldn't let him go like, we couldn't stop talking either side yeah. and, and it's just like that much publicity you can't discount publicity in America you know it's the thing you know Nixon v Kennedy you know Kennedy was younger more attractive and willing to wear makeup during a debate you know like it's the, he's the easier <laughs> the easier guy to market he's the marketing is this is America and I love I don't want to sell cynical but marketing is everything and everything you know is a lie mm. <laughs> okay then <laughs> hope you hope you enjoy it hope you're enjoying your afternoon <laughs> Hey Rick, you you you're my dream come true, man. <laughs> oh, Rick. Knock about the box, Rick. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money. What I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Was Neighbors your first movie? Was that your first time? Yeah. Yeah, that was my first movie. Okay. How did that come about? I I had a meeting with uh, Point Grey with uh, Seth and Evan's company and then uh, I did an audition, and it was the first audition I didn't walk out of. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what? Huh? I walk out of audition. I I, hate, I haven't auditioned in a while, but I don't like them. I don't like the room. I don't like what it is. So, so for someone, what take, is that like? Yeah, through, take us through an audition. What did you walk away from? You, and take you go through? into you go into a room. Uh, you put your name on a piece of paper. You sit down. There are other people that are going out for this part. So usually it's either people wearing similar outfits or people that look alike yeah. in one room. <laughs> you go in, you know, you stand in a room with another person. You read lines. Uh, you try and do a good read. They record you on a, a video camera from like 2003. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you leave the room. You never hear from them again. Mm. Typically is what an audition is. Me, I I I'll go to the room, <laughs> sign my name on a piece of paper, sit down, look to my left, look to my right, stand up, mark my name off said piece of paper, <laughs> go. <laughs> like, what would make go get you something leave? Like, why, why would you walk out? It's like, well, what am I doing here? I don't like. It's like, am I? What am I contributing to this project? What is it contributing to me? We're lying to each other. We don't have any use for each other. Who are the other Gerards that are sitting in the waiting room? Yeah, and those guys deserve it. They were nicer. They got better smiles. They're like they've been working out. <laughs> but you know, I, the skin I is great. They give it the the other Gerards are killing it. Man. Those dudes are real. They really got it. They got this Gerard. <laughs> Gerard got lot. it. They are, they are nailing it. No, not for nothing. I feel as though you are uh, seconds away from your I'm ready for my close-up moment. No, but but do you, <laughs> do you want to play that game? I, I have to the, write it. I have to create. The, the thing is, like one of the movies I'm working on is technically a bigger comedy. And, and it's, a, it's a concept that, that uh, I came up with like a couple years ago. And it's a, a bigger comedy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, bigger comedies typically aren't that good. You know, like they, they really aren't. I, the fun, the same thing with like multi-camera, same thing with anything is to bring some type of perspective or thoughtfulness into the whatever we're doing. So I think you can do, I think a, a huge action movie can be 
good, you know, and like have like some type of thought behind it. I think Beverly Hills Cop is great, you know, but it's just the, I, I, my goal is just to avoid, you know, the the mindless and avoid the the horrible version of it. You know, because there's a horrible version of indie. There's a horrible version of, you know, everybody, everything that is a bit underground isn't good. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, but it's, you just try and do the good version of it. So that's what's fun is seeing if we can try and do a good version. Are you developing, do you have movie ideas that you would like to star in yourself that you're? There's one I'm writing now uh, that that I'll, I'll probably star in. I didn't want to star in it uh i i wrote it and i was really hoping jim carrey was gonna do it but before before writing i partnered with these guys uh colin ario who who wrote the bulk of uh the script and i had the concept uh and uh i wanted jim carrey for it but then it's like yeah you should you should just do it it's still not too late until it's recorded the jim carrey stuff (laughs) part of me feels like you're like the reluctant celebrity is it that you've seen other people try to cross the street and get run over or celebrity is or you know all the money's behind the camera and well yeah i i care about behind the camera a lot because i know that a lot of things that we see are all producers mediums and producers visions and like being a producer is the, the it's my favorite role celebrity is like like in itself is kind of cheap like I care about making stuff. I I like making things, and if any type of notoriety is a byproduct, of that sure. But that's how I think of it. I I'm usually not even out, so I don't even know, you know, like the the like any type of fame or just to have my face on something just seems empty. You know, just to be in something just seems empty. I I just want it to be good. So it's the reluctance is for quality yeah for quality's sake i'm just kind of hesitant because i just want to be in stuff that seems challenging or fun or interesting i forgot who the comedian was that uh they mentioned the package and i don't know if this is something we talked about on the show either with chris or somebody but they talk about the package where they say all right you're gonna in your stand-up career at some point you're gonna get the package yeah where they say you know you're gonna get the tv show and then the the movie deal and then the 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 book and the book and all that and then and you you know you get a record deal offer whole night where are you can, at can i produce the, the singing record i would come on man <laughs> hey hey if you could do i just want you to do you every, cover Nola. every now and then every now and then i uh i actually <laughs> i say uh the my first version of hearing uh uh really love the d'angelo record <laughs> had had you on it saying this is a quest love exclusive and you i didn't actually, get it from me yeah yeah and so and that's like yeah so if you just say that over whatever record it is, me singing off key in the background. <laughs> this is. <laughs> you didn't hear this one, yeah. <laughs> I had that one too. That traumatized me. Yeah, yeah. That I've was. I've not was, heard that. That was the I early. I still have it. That was the. That was like the first. You actually felt like you were. You wait. had something illegal. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So <laughs> you didn't just leak it. You actually said this is a Questlove exclusive. He played yes. it on the radio. <laughs> didn't hear uh, this know, from me. I know. <laughs> wait. I know. Wait. You, wait so cut. you not only played it on the radio. Cut you to, said that. Wait. Yeah. Cut to. Holy crap. Cut to. Cut to. A night in Virginia. A night in uh, Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. after Root Show. Me and D ain't talked about talked in over a year. And I guess he just got word that the shit came out. <laughs> and Steve called. I'm at a DJ gig. He's like, look, you like warned me to run, right? 
I was, don't remember how it went, how it went like, down, but I, I did warn you. You're to, like, look, I know you don't know this, but Dina's cousins are looking for you. And his what? cousins. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was in Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, no. Dina's no. cousins are looking for you, so um, oh, no. just run. <laughs> Get out. Dina's cousins yeah, they must have called me looking, looking for you. Yo, and they're like, what club? <laughs> yo, they was, That's it was like Mr. Big. <laughs> when did this happen? Uh, it's like when we were eight. No, it was like 2005. We were still uh, warring uh, with each other. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I really, you know, as, <laughs> as much as like I like to claim being fast forward with the internet. Uh-huh. That's one aspect I really didn't know. I didn't know like the, you know, in my mind, I was I was in a Australia. Right? I was in Perth oh. at a underground bunker college station at like four in the morning with like, and I was just like, you know, I was feeling myself. I was like, well, here, you want to hear it? And I, I'm thinking like I'm just on some local college radio show thing. Really? I'm, I'm in Perth. Perth is like the loneliest place on earth. I didn't realize. And then like three months later, someone realized what they were listening to and just yeah, <laughs> it, it got destroyed my life. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, four years later, we made up. Uh, man. <laughs> man, but if I knew you said this is a Questlove exclusive, I would have told his cousins where you were. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. <laughs> Motherfucker, I, I, I was on local radio. I, 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 I can I, hear you. I, I'm, I'm with I, you. I've, I've I didn't that. realize that, you know, internet radio, I, I don't listen to my radio on the computer. Yeah. Back then, yeah, at that 2005, point, at I that did. point, yeah, yeah. So did yeah. somebody record it or something like that? Somebody Someone recorded ripped it. it. Somebody ripped it. And, but, and that's what people live with for like but, six years. But it, but it really set this tone for how, even it, when it came out years later on the album, it set the tone for how I heard the. Re- it really did feel like uh, I don't know. It oh, felt part like you, was missing. You well, wanted to. Well, no. It just when you you saying it, you felt like I was like, oh man, I really got some exclusive shit here. Like it really, it, feel, uh, it, it feels like how Frank Lucas did heroin deals. Like it was like, like hey man, this is some exclusive. Behind yeah, yeah. It, I, I guarantee, guarantee it. it. They know that. It, like because I just pictured you. Just in a basement, like I could just. See I was. <laughs> Did you put the echo on exclusive? Exclusive. <laughs> no, no. no it, it really felt like it really felt like he could get killed for leaking. Like you felt it in his <laughs> voice. Dog, I ran for my did. life. Yeah. I went. He was almost bacon. <laughs> yeah. he was almost bacon. That's how you drop a joke. <laughs> it's only a joke we get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> I can't down Spike Lee. I liked it. I liked the blacklist. Yo, man. So what? What? I know this is weird, but what other comedians do you check for, or should we check for um, that we don't I mean, know about? You know Jamar. That's number yes. one. He very few people make me laugh like him. What's uh, he doing? Not what's he doing now, but is he planning on entering? Because he's such. He's like Sun Ra to me, like, it's just, or a very avant-garde jazz guy that only exists certain outside people of the jazz. Yeah, yeah, the, he, yeah. Has, he has two other records. Okay. One record in which no one likes his jokes. <laughs> like, it's just, you hear the groans in the audience, and yeah. he's like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. But then the other one where they're laughing, I'm like, wait, why would he release both records of the same material? With an audience feeling it and an audience yeah, not yeah, yeah. feeling it, it's just it, he is he is brilliant to me. He really is just like a brilliant. He's like Andy Kaufman. Yeah, like, and and he's like performance. He's gonna do a special, I think, uh, at some point soon. We were talking about it the other night. Uh, so 
hopefully soon because I, I I am excited for his. He he hasn't really jumped in yet. You know, like the the, the album Naked is such a. You know, Neil knows about a few people know about it, and the people that know, you know, love it. But I think he's gonna jump in really soon. So he's a guy uh, uh, that I'm excited about. He's uh, he's always on the show. He's on uh, my show. He just makes random appearances. It's every season, mm-hmm. we just find a way for Jamar to just <laughs> like appear in a hallway or in a, or, <laughs> or just in a thing. Um, and uh, who else? There's this guy out of Chicago. He lives in New York now. He writes on SNL. Uh, uh, so also checks from Comcast, uh, <laughs> Drew Michael, okay. who I think is, is absolutely brilliant. Like he, he's a guy that just like, you know, between him and Jamar, those are the guys I would say check for. In the, uh, the new joint, the eight, the latest, the uh, latest special, um, I saw, well, my experience with it was, was different cause I just saw it first and then I saw the I, I forgot what that write up was, what it was in, mm-hmm. where the critic was there and he was just like, "Yo, this was odd. It was live." Yeah, and I can't remember what it was, but um, but you say that you wanted the first one, love it. The story felt more like a documentary to me. Eight felt like a documentary, like that was just the way it was shot and like some of the the shots where it was just really close on you and those real long pauses. Yeah, um, that was just something, man. That, again, I, that took a lot of balls, like to do. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? thank you. Who directed it? <laughs> Bo Burnham. And Bo and I would just, we based it off like concert footage. Like we based it off of, uh, it had to be personal and vulnerable. That was the goal. Cause like, you know, for me, that was just a, a thing that I love about like comedy, like in humor, it, it, you know, just as a concept, just the vulnerability of it. Uh, we really just wanted to focus on that. We and based- was the crowd, like they were that silent. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, we would get, like, oh, we'd get quite, like it, it, and again, it was, Tate, it was for the experience of you being in your homes watching it and seeing the vulnerable. It was for those those really tight moments, the the silence, the you know the emotion of it. It was like just trying to lean into emotion over over uh, everything. When we watched concert uh, footage, we watched. I mean, everything we we like you know movies, you know Sergio Leone type shots and and out. Uh, it was inspired by like um, this Marvin Gaye album, Vulnerable. Vulnerable, yeah, 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 yeah. That and uh, the the working title was called Vulnerable, and I would kind of listen to that, and like a lot of concepts came while listening to that, and like uh, you know, even just performance was more. There's this um, Etta James live in uh, Montreal where she sings, "I'd rather, uh, rather be blind." blind. Yeah, yeah. It, and that is my single favorite live performance that i've that i've ever seen like just it's so raw and emotional and you know and her face is there and she's making expressions and it's weird and it's personal and and that was the intention behind eight was just this really personal thing that just felt like a conversation that just felt true to you know who i was what was it like to do it in the round it's really fun. I've never I have, seen a comedy thing in a round. Was, was, I have limited experience with it too. It just that that also made me feel really vulnerable because people are all yeah, around you're you and you're, yeah. and you're surrounded. Yeah, and you're and so to lend itself. So I only did two performances in the round around L.A. just to before doing the round, and then just went for it. And it just something about it felt right. It felt natural. It seemed to fit with you know where the material was and where I was. Did you naturally turn? Or did you have to remind yourself? Yeah, I naturally kind of pace around, mm-hmm. 
Like I kind of naturally uh, like I'll have a a lot of times it's a song in my head, <laughs> and a lot of times I'm dancing, and in this weird I'm kind of stepping around, and even like if a song is strong enough, <laughs> I'll I'm kind of saying things to the rhythm of it, <laughs> like on stage, like there's certain like you hold certain words and you're trying to match patterns, that. yeah, patterns and stuff like that. So you know I always move. You know, I always move like the the default song would be like Take Five, like Brubeck's oh, Take wow, Five Brubeck, is kind of yeah. constantly just because the movement is such a dance. <laughs> and it's, it's, so you'll say a joke like this and then pause and say that. Yeah, like, yeah, it, like kind of a little bit, but only specific little. It, it, I'm not doing the whole thing. It's not just singing or so, but that's your polarizing trick. Yeah, I yeah. get it. <laughs> Ch- Chappelle, do you know about Chappelle's uh, polarizing trick? What's his? Hypnosis. He yeah well if when you see him perform you'll see uh, he'll put a cigarette in his mouth not light it let it dangle mm-hmm. he'll grab a, a, a cup put it to his mouth not drink it mm-hmm. and then uh, he'll wake you up always by hitting his th- his thigh yeah. yeah like he'll laugh do the thing on his thigh yeah it all of that is a hypnosis uh, thing that he learned in uh, communication class which is. Like there's a way to hypnotize the audience to always pay attention. The to rational you. mind yes. decreases and the emotional mind increases. Yes, because you want him to drink. Like your mind then immediately right. goes, "Well, like uh, you know what the next step is, and it's a disruption of that step." And yeah, yeah, exactly. Mine, yeah, by, rhythm like jazz is of influence. Uh, like Chris is repeating. Chris repeats. I he never sets up. Can. He repeats. I never yeah, yeah. He'll, Especially the premise. The premise is going to be very clear to you. By the time he does the punch Punchline. for Chris, because of the yeah the the repeating, yeah yeah it's rhythm. So who teach who's your teacher as far as like is it just uh, uh, work working out and and uh, kind of taking notes or is it who's your teacher as far as like letting you know like how far to go with your joke and and your patterns and those. I kind of just figure, I mean, I'm in, there's influence from, I love rhythm. So every, you know, Cosby, if you can say, (laughs) you know, Cosby, Cosby. Too soon, man, too soon. Yeah, Jack Parr had this really good speaking voice and like rhythm to his voice and and Jack Benny and B. Arthur and, and, you know, uh, the way I watch uh, James Baldwin speak, like even as a kid and Malcolm X speak, I watch a lot of, and would listen to a lot of speeches. I like speaking and people's voices and the ebb and flow of that. So you is it's about to quote. It's mostly the voice. <laughs> oh, the, it's yeah, the voice. Yeah, it's it's like finding it. And I didn't so, know that because yeah, Dave said that he's like, well, you know, he took on Mel Blink's. Yeah, Bugs Bunny. He, he, he's he's yeah. like I took on Mel Blink's voice, and you can say anything in Mel Blink's voice. It's, it's going yes. to be funny. <laughs> yes, which. I didn't even think of that at the time. So yeah, the voice, the Jack Parr. Jack so is, Parr. is this your definitive voice? Like Chris Rock had two voices. If you remember, like Born Suspect. Yeah. He didn't quite find his thing, and then he found the preacher voice, and then that became his lock. So. Yeah, it's it. What changes for me is rhythm. Like my, it's my voice. Like, but rhythm, like that song element of it, is what changes. Is like that's why it's you know, the pauses and this and that, and I can hear it and you can kind of see it. And, and so that's what changes for me. 
Um, the, my voice is kind of, I have it. It's pretty close to, you know, how I naturally speak on stage. I speak clear. I'm like a little jolty in, in like off stage, like right now, because it's always a million thoughts on stage is actually paced out more the way. Okay. Yeah. So the stuff that you did on eight, had you tried any of those jokes out before? Had you been working them? In yeah. Yeah. I've worked, I've worked on a, a lot of that. Uh, some stuff. I mean, it's always something new, like the. Uh, the opening of it was uh, the night before. I hadn't tried it. I just it was like the night before. <laughs> just wow. like, the, but then uh, there's a couple moments, and then some moments that you just think of in the, you know, while you're doing it. But most of it was stuff that I worked out and thoughts that I wanted to do. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Take us through the construction of a joke. And like, you know, I mean, in English class, you know how they would have the, we would have the chart where it would be like, Okay, exposition, rise in action, fall in action. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, de, you know, Danema, all that stuff. So, like, the beats of a joke, like, particularly, um, I mean, the serial joke, the one I quoted. Yeah. Like, walk us through that. Like, how did you know that, or did you know that the nigga you'll never have serial line was going to punch? That, that was Yeah, that, that was, was going to hit. That was <laughs> that, uh, that I did, like, that in its full concept from Eden serial uh with jamar at three in the morning me and jamar uh we we lived together for a while and we would uh and we started getting money or whatever the biggest change was cereal like we just started buying like we had 
all the cereal in the world. And then like it was just one one night at three in the morning after a trip from Ralph's. <laughs> like like where like it sat down and I was just like and I said it as the as I said the jokes like man we eat cereal like a teacher told us we'll never have cereal <laughs> like, like that's how we like we it was like we were trying to prove something which we were yeah. which we were it's the same thing with shoes or whatever you do it's just, it, that, that truth hit me and a lot of times it, when a truth comes that's what the joke is like it's like oh yeah that okay. and everything else is setting up and explaining that truth yeah so I was yeah so how do you go take it from a truth to a joke just argue it. It's like a lot of times I have a point or a thought and I just argue it. I'll argue it with friends or I'll argue it on stage based off the audience's reaction and like their expression. I was like, oh, you still hate it. You still don't understand. Then I'll keep arguing it and then I'll find a way in. That's kind of what I'm doing. I'm just arguing. Yeah, the reserve, the, I think the, the reserve joke, the bit where he's like, well, people have died. What was it? That was from a real argument. Okay. That was because of, of uh, it was, it's a close friend of mine, not little, my, not my little brother, but uh, he uh, joined the reserves. I, I thought it made, I told him I thought it made him arrogant. We were trying to watch Zero Dark Thirty together. We wouldn't have did it like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he criticized it. I was, I was offended that he had the audacity right. to, to criticize it. You know, being, a, and, and, and those are things that I said to him. <laughs> That's what I'm who the fuck is we, nigga? First of yeah, all, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He was like, we would have never killed in line like this. I was like, motherfucker, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> we, <laughs> the bitch you did about your um uh how you know we talk with your accountant and being a um being the the first one to make it out is an expense. Yeah, uh, talk about that. that. How that was from a conversation. I I really a lot of the truths that that uh came and I just texted him and told him I had uh I was hanging out with uh Maverick Carter one night. Uh, you know Mav? Do you know Maverick? Mm. Maverick Carter is one of the coolest guys. You got to meet Maverick Carter. He's he, he uh, works with LeBron, and he's just this one of the most brilliant guys you know I've ever met. And we were talking about and and also from Ohio, and you know uh, we talked about that experience of growing up and stuff like that, and talked about spending habits that needed to be curbed once you have <laughs> the ability to. And so it just it all comes from this really. These realizations. Yes, I know Maverick. I just had to Google him a second. Oh, I, you I, know Maverick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just the coolest. I like to shout out Maverick. You, you know certain people that make you feel cool to just like say, hey, Ma yeah, Maverick Carter's one of those guys. You just feel cool saying like, you got to meet Maverick. Yes. <laughs> You're right. He's the, he's, he's, yeah, he's incredible. When was the turning point for you when your family or like your people from the crib or whatever, where they realized like, oh, shit, you're really making money? Oh God! You his number. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's funny? I was gonna say I don't know because I haven't. I did change my number like almost immediately. All what it was took, the call that all, made you it was, your all it took was one one cousin who okay. I don't know uh, as a Let cousin. Let me holler at you one second. Yeah, yeah. That was like immediately. Like, this isn't gonna work. How, how <laughs> do you not? How do you not feel? Uh, the the survivors remorse uh, syndrome, as in, you know, I mean, there's two ways to do it. You can either Alan Iverson it and try to take everyone with you, but the weight of everyone on your shoulders, you know, suddenly like your cousins, your driver, and your yeah. three cousins are, you know, are in the audience trying to holler at someone. And yeah, no, no, yeah, I, like, I keep the payroll small, keep it tight, but because people, it, they work for things that they're good at. If there's a thing that you're good at, you know, uh, and it uh, it can contribute, then yeah, of course, but 
I, I don't I don't have that because you end up hurting people more than you than you help them. It really is the teach a man to fish philosophy where it's like you don't want to hurt people. Obviously, sometimes there's immediate needs and you hear those and you try and help when you can, you know, uh, accordingly, if something health wise or something really personal that's happening. That you, but but just for the sake of it hurts them. You know, uh, they don't yeah, really learn anything. They yeah. don't. Le- yeah, you become a crutch, and they don't learn anything. They don't try and and grow. So I I talk to I I mean a lot of times the biggest thing you can give is is your truth or any type of advice or any type of like, uh, you know, help you can give in that way. I, I'm all I, I try and be open to that. Do but. they listen? Because I like. I mean, people you know, only want no. immediate. Yeah. <laughs> well, people always want to win the lottery. Everybody wants to. Even as a kid, it's gonna sound like bullshit, you know. But growing up poor, my my biggest fear because my dad played all the time. My biggest fear was winning the lottery. It was I I was terrified of the thought of it, of the thought that we would someday win the lottery what because then it, it takes out the need for me. It I was afraid of being written out of my own life and the the need to like drive and figure something out. And I was a, afraid of that because I was like, oh no, I want to. If I make millions, it needs to be off of work. I was always terrified of it. Wait Even poor with nothing, I was terrified of winning a lottery. And I'm still, I still am. I, I'm suspicious of it, and I, I don't trust it, and I don't trust <laughs> what it does for you. I don't trust what it... Who is the Negro whisperer in your head? Because you've already, you've given three or four examples already. Yeah, no security like, blanket going to New Of like, LA. I don't want it easy. I want to learn the hard lesson so that way my character... And, and I'm like, who are you? Like, where did you, you come from? <laughs> That's what he is. What yeah, but I just always felt I always felt that way because it's not. You, I mean, first of all, like that's the point of life. The point of life is like you learning these lessons, figuring things out. That's also the only way you can contribute. You know, the only way you can understand something and help someone else on their own journey, on their own path. So it's like, I, why would you write yourself out of that? Like, why would you try and take some easy route that that cheapens it for you? You know. So, uh, so you would felt like if y'all hit the lottery, that would take away any lesson that you would have to. Yeah. Then learn. then what? And it did. It didn't seem like it would feel fulfilling in any way. Just winning the lottery. You know. It, it just. There's I actually never a documentary it. on. I haven't watched it. It's about like people that like committed themselves after that killed themselves after winning. Yeah, oh, nobody held on to the money. It's like stories of like what five or six people. It was a TV show too. Yeah. Okay, well, I always wanted to do this personality test, and now I could do it on my own show, Course Love Supreme. All right, Laia, uh-huh. you just won the lottery. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 make it small and say nine point five million dollars. Oh, I love that you say small. That's so cute. Yo, stop <laughs> criticizing me. I'm not All stop right? using them adjectives. No, nah, it's for lottery. That is a small. Yeah, lottery. it is small <laughs> shit. They ain't like a Powerball. It's like yeah, three hundred million. Yeah, that's like exactly. I mean, my daddy just won two hundred dollars the other day, and we was happy. But go ahead, little money. Go ahead. Way to ruin that game. I got my little game. nine point five. I'm ready. Way to ready. fuck up that game, Black. Sorry, Good sorry. Job. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Nine point five million. Better, no, better yet, boss Bill. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now, Let the optimism reign. You won nine point five million dollars. What's the first thing I do? What is the very first thing you do? Pay off some bills. Okay, so you're going to claim that ticket? Yeah. Why? What? Yes. Strike one. What? What would be the first thing you do? 
First thing I would do, start planning my exit out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> like, talk, talk, I talk to my girl and like, well, uh, yeah. You tell I, her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would tell her. I mean, she's probably my wife. So, I mean, it's if you know, I would let her know. Like, it's listen. hers anyway. All right. Yeah, hold up, man. Hold up. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a goddamn minute. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I would, right. And I would start plotting and planning. I mean, my bills, like, I don't really got, like, I don't carry debt or no shit like that. So, wow. Gerard? It must be nice. I mean, I mean, truthfully, I mean, I'm already, I'm trying to think of the family member who I'm giving the ticket to. Uh, or, like, either, either if I find, like, what I think is the right, case of you know like or or per, just person that i could i would give the t- i truthfully i know you it sounds like bullshit. give it away yeah would you sign it some type of document that at least give a cut I would just a clean here trust See, me walk away. Me Gerard, Nine point years five ago. mil is not let me I mean, that's not a a lot. All right, said nine, not money. One. Let's say one hundred twenty-one million. Yeah, like you getting yeah. one hundred twenty-one million. That's like leave the country. Like nigga, change I'm my gone. name. It's the first yeah, thing I like, do. I'm gone. Like my life as I once knew it is over. Forever. I'm not. All right. Y'all, I'm not. Unpaid bill. You become you know how many paid people bill. from your past will come up out of nowhere they asking. Because nine point five million is like after taxes. Like nigga, you buy a couple of fucking Arby's and like you know some. <laughs> Some wing stops and Arby's. shit, nigga. Like, we I mean, have the meat. yeah, you buy your mom's house. That was his meat spot of choice. <laughs> Eat a couple Arby's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's mean, what, what White really Castle. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like Roy Bill. Rogers. I'm Bill. Bill. Purchase. <laughs> I I well, I put the money away for my kids, and then I probably give some of it away. That is crazy, you so guys. I'm buying, and you I didn't buy ask me, but I'm buying Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. and I'm putting them in the hood. Um, and then also, I'm going to just give put a certain lot of money for the community, as in my black folks. And then I'm going to pay my taxes first. Oh, it's going and by then. then. <laughs> taxes, no. It's going. You're done. You taxes, can't you're even afford Yeah, yeah, you don't pay taxes. You said 100 and something million, y'all. You, you're, you're only getting like 60 it's million going. after taxes. It's going. So. It's already going. Because the taxes are the first thing they get taken out. Trader Joe's in the hood. I don't. I'd buy all the weed and I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Steve (laughs) already has 121 million. (laughs) I I pay my dad back for all the money he's given me. 121 million. That is strange because I would think the wisest thing to do. One is never. All right, for starters, never tell anyone. Never let anyone know you got money. Which I believe in that Russell Simmons way of, which, you know. But who doesn't think Russell Simmons has money? No, there was a period, there was a period, Def Jam period, Russell was like super bummed, like pre-yoga, drugs Russell. Like Rick Rubin? (laughs) (laughs) But I I would actually find a fall guy. Because the thing is, when you claim the ticket, it's going to be a ceremony or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would literally find a fall guy. And broker a deal. Say, all right, I'll give you ten million. Mm. You sign this contract. You're going to be the winner, but quietly, I'm going to take my my whatever my one ten, give you the ten million or whatever. But I will say, not in in every state. You don't have to claim it though. I forgot which states it is, but or you can you can remain anonymous. New York, uh, you have to claim it. Okay. So, so I wouldn't play in New York. I would not tell. <laughs> I wouldn't Fuck tell. That. So I wouldn't even tell my wife or I would tell nobody. Well, how did you how not? Are you how did you not tell your wife? I hide $110 million from your wife. 
How? That becomes, that becomes the new Brewster's Millions. But see, <laughs> but see <laughs> your, your, your mar- your mar- how many cell phones you got? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Your marriage is going to end. Your marriage is over if you do that. You know that, right? And she, she found out you got a second bank account that so you have large, nothing, like, knows nothing about. Could have, should have, would have. That's no. an interesting, that is interesting, the thought that uh, a woman would leave you for having money. <laughs> You were not telling you, telling her. Yeah, yeah, no, but no, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, I'm trying to. I I just feel like if you have nine figures in your possession, no one is going to be genuine with you. Uh, Well, right, right. But then there's some people like Lai is a great example. Like Lai is the I'm gonna treat you like an asshole to let you know that. I don't think you I don't ain't think shit, you know, right? but I love you anyway. That's right. It's pretty accurate. But it's like, <laughs> the only one I would tell. She, my wife would be the only one I would tell. I'm like, listen. Uh, like, like mama, my mama, would, I tell my mom. I wouldn't tell my mom. See, because then your mom I would, would just, tell like, other something. people. Exactly. Yo, my, if, if I told my mama, that shit would you be gotta on Facebook. You got to protect your mom. You got to protect your mom. What, it, thank you. What you got to do. I would just give we've, my we've mom actually, money. We've, like, we've had this conversation before. What you got to do is roll up on Sally Mae and just throw that shit in their face and say, fuck you, take this $100,000. I'm sorry. I got student loans. I but that. Anyway, Gerard. So you're. You don't know about student loans? Okay, because they really fuck up your credit. I paid um, off many a student loan. Oh, okay. Yes, Mine yes. is $80,000 if you're feeling No, I'm done paying student loans. It's, that's I'm done. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that, that was I a rabbit hole for you. How did I get here? How did I get here? Way to go. Where, where are you going with this? Yeah. No, no, well, he mentioned about, <laughs> about lottery tickets okay. and giving it away and that sort of thing. So I was just curious. Oh, okay. I, I thought to, there was like a, a lesson. It was a test. It was like well, a personality yeah. test. So we're not bad for cashing in. We're just, but, we, but you're saying we shouldn't so tell people. I don't think you should tell a soul. When we win the lottery. We and you should find someone to claim it. And then everybody's going to be wondering if I'm selling drugs when I show up with my car. How is this a I personality guess the test? Not, if you're not, I think if you're, not, uh, if you're not married, I would I would agree with that. But I think if you can't share it with... Yeah, if you can't share it with your wife. If you can't share it with your wife, then nigga, like, why are you... Like, yeah. Why are you married? You got to protect her because I feel like uh, no she one... She doesn't exist. I think y'all got to protect each other. Like, y'all can't... It's, Who it's, in your life will keep a secret that my significant other has $150 million on standby? They're going to buy some sort of bag... Or some pair of three thousand dollars shoes. That don't mean or some million. ring. Right. That doesn't give it away like that. Now, if you just buy like a fucking fleet of Teslas right. or some shit, then yeah, uh-huh. nigga, you're going to jail. Got this like, yeah, 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 like you're gonna get robbed. Uh-huh. But like a new bag or a new whatever. I mean, you know, like I, you know, we make pretty decent money. Like niggas can buy cereal. <laughs> so, uh, so like that ain't gonna give it uh, away. You know uh, what I mean? Like, niggas can buy cereal. <laughs> I don't know if you title each All episode. Of them. <laughs> yes. That's the segment. Yo, niggas can, can buy we officially cereal. call this one the niggas can buy <laughs> cereal <laughs> episode? <laughs> of Quest of Supreme. Oh, I can't wait to Bill and Steve to share that one. Oh, oh, right. nope. Bill and Steve. What's the better. name of this episode? <laughs> don't yeah, dare don't say it. It's a trap. It's a trap. Steve, don't say shit. Yeah. Don't. Oh, please, thank <laughs> But I wasn't like when you go back to the crib, man. Like, when you go back, like, can you walk through Haynes Mall and just still be chilling? Uh, or, yeah, or I mean, do you wear I'm, a hat I'm, and sunglasses? I'm, I'm usually just, I'm at home. I have uh, four nieces and a nephew. And I'm like, just them. I'm just like playing with them. <laughs> like, that's wow. usually what I go. We go, uh, we go to, uh, there's this, uh, it's called Japanese American. 
uh, I have to preface it. It's with like that. a hibachi. Uh, yeah, hibachi, hibachi joint. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> not, it's not. Learn from uh, living in LA for years. It is not a Japanese experience <laughs> by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. But we it's, have uh, the Mexicans come out and yeah, like, yeah, they pour yeah, the, yeah. yeah. They make the heart with the oil. I actually, shit. that's where I saw uh, ninth. That's where I actually <laughs> met ninth for the first time. We shared a table at a at a bocce restaurant. Like that, you may get me there. I'll go like there, <laughs> you know. But then, like, I just stay in and eat, you know, play with my nieces and nephews. You fuck with mountain fried chicken? You ever? You ever every now and then, every now and then, I do. Like, uh, I, I, we had to stop. I, <laughs> mountain fried chicken is like it's great. great it's great. It's, it's fantastic. Pathetic. Every now and then, I'll, I'll go out. I'll go out there. Take fifty two north. Yep, fifty two. Yep. <laughs> That sounds awesome. <laughs> Mount fried chicken. Yeah, no, Mount fried, fried chicken. chicken. Yeah. It's like actually because you're going towards uh, is it Black Mountain? Is it fifty two? Like you're going? Yeah, yeah, like Pilot Mountain Pilot type. Mountain, of, yeah, right. yeah. Usually I'm just like like laying in my mom's lap. So your mother, to take so a nap. your folks are still in Winston. They're still there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's only only place. The <laughs> only place I'm not thinking about emails are just like laying my mom's lap. Just turn into a child. I was like, all right, and she's like annoyed by it, like, mo- like move, like get out my crotch, nigga. Just like, okay. That said, your hey, mom, so they're still there. They're still in. Oh, in they're Winston. still there. They're, they're still, still there. there. Yeah. And are they still like? Have you done the celebrity? I'm gonna buy my mama house thing yet, or have you? Is that mom is stopping me? She's very. Uh, she's like me. I get it. She's like me as well, and like you know wants to draw a line they're a very independent uh family who but i do i with that said I, yeah all of all of those things i, I just force it on her <laughs> just like yeah. force it just like yeah cautious yeah they're always that false modesty no 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 no, no. no. So it's just like, <laughs> wait, it's like okay <laughs> what year is this <laughs> what year car is this that you want to get wow yeah well gerard i thank you very much for coming through on the clutch. No yeah. man, thank for you for having me. This is uh, the best this is really great. serial episode. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You look so different without your beard. Yeah, I know. Listen, I'm gonna go and uh, you know, Ye has some mixes that he wants me to. <laughs> <laughs> he wants me to check out, so I'm gonna go do that. Uh, but All it was right. nice to stop by in, the, in between sessions. All right, yeah, because you got Eminem right after this. Eminem is right after that. <laughs> exactly, That's the whole thing. Exactly. You know, the life of Rick Rubin. You guys know, <laughs> boy, oh boy. Yeah, man. Yeah, hits got to keep coming. I, I clearly never met Rick Rubin. I can't. I can't even <laughs> jump into a you literally, impersonation. You literally just nailed down. Yeah, you you nailed it. <laughs> Trust me on this. Bad. So when the season starts, when May thirty first. May thirty first. We yeah. will be there front and center. Are you still Thank doing? You. you still doing uh, like clubs and stuff? Are you still like just working stuff out? Yeah, I haven't been on the road in a while. Just I've been working on the show and then uh, jumping to some features. I'll mostly just be in New York, uh, probably this summer between here and New York, uh, and I'll jump in to the cellar and you know try and be a comedian again. I'm excited. So like, if you came to so like uh, like Charlie Goodnights and Raleigh, would yeah. that would you play that kind of spot? I, Maybe yeah, I haven't. I never do stand up enough. Care. We talk about going home. Like I don't do stand up. Mm-hmm. I just lay in her lap. I just lay low. I just like if I'm in North Carolina, I'm like eating bojangles. Oh, no. 
my man. Yeah, just yeah. But what? Bojangles? It's 2017. But is there? It's 2017. Are, yes. What? And Bojangles still good. I ride for Bojangles, and I'm technically a vegan. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 2017. What the fuck I got to do with Bojangles? Just tastes different. Just like Popeyes. But this is just the biscuits. No, are different. no, no. Popeyes. No. no. What are you, you doing? Bojangles is better than Popeyes? It's not. But yeah. Bojangles. It's biscuits. on that level. It's, it's on, on that level, though. It's, it's on, on that level. Yeah. It's it on that level. Yeah, and either of them on a good day. On a good day, you know what I mean. It's like watching. Bill, you want to weigh in? It's like it's like watching Steph Curry and LeBron play each other. It's very. This is like I'm not allowed to talk about. When's the last time you've been? I just went to Popeyes like two weeks ago, and the biscuits was like flatter, and it just no, 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 no. I'll tell you what you gotta do. You request. We're riding for Bojangles, though. We're not riding for Popeyes. Well, they don't have Bojangles around here, so I was just. Yeah, no, I think Bojangles didn't make it out of the south. I think they they got one like way up in Maryland somewhere. Yeah, I think it doesn't go past Texas. Or something, yeah. I think that's yeah, yeah. They had one on Howard's camp. Needs to do a whole chicken episode. <laughs> we do, yeah. I'm gonna go to chicken for like maybe a month, go back to chicken. Just to if you go back to chicken, I don't think you're gonna be able to go back. I know that's I'm my fear. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, you are so real with that. Like, I was vegetarian for like close to two years and beef, pork, all that. I gave no shits about that yard bird, homie. Yeah. <laughs> That. Yeah, like nigga, I'm back to attack. Uh, last night, <laughs> wait, I'll admit to you. I'll admit to you. Last night, Ooh, confession. I drove in front of uh, Roscoe's at Pete oh, on Pico. Oh, come on, and the just sat there. there. Come That's on, a good one too. single Crime. tear down my cheek. There you go. Come on, and I was just like. <laughs> You had fried chicken tears. Because that's, yeah. <laughs> but you, Damn. vegan, do you do like the fake? Because uh, that's what I can't, what I don't, I, I like, you know, veggies or whatever. I like right. going to Crossroads. But where I stop is when it's like, these are meatballs. I'm no, like, they're no, not. No, they're well, not. Well, listen, if don't you. Lie but if, no, if <laughs> don't lie to me. But don't lie to me. If you're true blue to it and once half the sugar you consume leaves you, you know, like when you go on a diet, whatever, and then you, when you're not eating right and you taste a Diet Coke or whatever, it tastes like nasty as nah, shit. No, nah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. But once you really adjust your thing, you're like, oh, this tastes like regular soda because you brought your sugar down. Um, I'm riding for Impossible Burgers to the day. Oh, the I, uh, the plant I, burgers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Have you tried an Impossible I Burger? Is that, it does Momofuku in New York? Yes. The new uh Mama new Fuku one. Nishi. Yeah. And, and Crossroads has it. Okay. I My life goal is to invest maybe get half percent of stock in impossible burgers yeah, like you think that will be my winning lottery and it's total plant based it's totally plant it's total plant based uh it's i mean they just their their secret was that they discovered that blood is the element that has us addicted to meat mm. so they have a blood formula mm. yeah the blood formula is beets Olive oil. They they have a blood formula inside of the Impossible Burger, mm. and it tastes. Did you just tell me that we're all vampires? Yeah, I'm like the blood. <laughs> yes. It's like we're all discovering that we're vampires. It's just like, oh wait, so yeah. we are addicted yeah, we to the. Bill Gates invested in this company. The scientists did a study for like seven years and discovered that the element. Because they wanted to know, like, why does veggie food taste crappy mm -hmm. and hamburgers taste so delicious? Mm -hmm. And once the study was that there's no blood element in there that has us addicted to but, it. But you know what gets me? Again, it's like things were like when you start putting burger on it. I wish they didn't call it burger. If they called it anything else, impossible patty of... <laughs> 
<laughs> of science. Even right. if you called it a, a science patty. I, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try it because you're not. I just there's feel a like lot you're of lying je- to me. There's when it's just Jedi like this tricky. vegan hot dog, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I know what a hot dog Yo, is. I mean, they, have that ain't it. they have it in quotes, though. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, like, no, 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 and no. that's the thing. It's like, I, I can't fuck with the vegans because it's like, they are, I mean, for, well, two things. One, it kind of feels like a cult. It kind of just feel like Branch Davidians that don't eat cheese. Yeah. So it's like, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. But then it's the other part is like, so part, so much of veganism is predicated on, oh, we have stuff that tastes just like this. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, nigga, I can just go get that. To, to a non-vegan. But that's not good to, for to you. To a non-vegan. But, but, but I no. feel like if you, like, okay, but, like, for but, instance, if, it, if it was a religion, right, and if you were like, mm-hmm. okay, I am Islam, right? Mm-hmm. Just for example, you say I'm Islam, but my Islam is just like Christianity. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, no. My friend Yasser, I could just go my to friend the Yasser, original thing. My friend Yasser put it the best. He said, uh, it, basically, that it would be it's as absurd to a meat eater to have like a like fake meat, you know, it, as. If you're a vegan and someone gave you a carrot made of beef, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just like, how dare you? <laughs> yes, it's 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 Jedi mind tricking yourself. But that but, cashew macaroni and cheese, you know, child. Mm. It's. Oh, I was like, watch out. Um, <laughs> Yo, can we just end the show like that? <laughs> <laughs> cashew macaroni and cheese. Anyway, uh, on that note, yeah, on that note, uh, on behalf of Fon Ticolo and uh, Sloppy Margaret. Shout out to the Trey Folk. Trey Folk. Boss Bill and Unpaid Bill and Sugar Steve and our guest Gerard Carmichael. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. This is fun. Good to see you in the building. Science Patty. Yes. Science Patties. Uh, yes, I'm going to get a few Science Patties. Uh, this is Questlove of Questlove Supreme. We will see you on the next go-round. Thank you. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.